Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Lord, that we will behold wondrous things out of your law. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah. I think that we are really blessed indeed. Amen. And congratulations once again to all the newly appointed pastors and lady pastors. You know, when I sat down, you know, Pastor Lindsay just whispered to me that is it possible that, you know, today in North America we're appointing 60 pastors in this place alone? And you see that the Lord has done something. Amen. And it's a real blessing to us. And I pray that God will continue to give us more pastors and lady pastors. Amen. I know that, you know, all our pastors, all our pastors are homegrown. Yeah. All our pastors used to be congregation members, regular people. They were invited to church by somebody on some ordinary day, just like anybody else. And they never imagined that that invitation to church was actually an invitation to a higher calling, you know? Yes, you know, including those who were forced to come, you know? And those who followed girls to come. Some, some of these people you see here, some of these people you see here, their original agenda was not to come to church. They, they, they followed a lady into the church. You know, recently, recently I was uh, at a wedding. I was doing a wedding, and um, it was a pastor and a lady pastor. And I was just preaching after the ceremony and I was saying that God has been good to the couple and um, I said look at this man, God has blessed him then I went to ask him how did you come into the church because God has blessed you with a wife then he said well he was sitting at the square like in their city they have a square like a downtown place more like a Times Square type place, you know. He said he was sitting there with his friend one Saturday afternoon. Then he saw two ladies on outreach, you know. So he and his friend, you know, decided to share them. <laughs> they were going to reach out <laughs> to those two ladies. Now, it turned out that one of those two ladies was the wife of the pastor. <laughs> yeah, the pastor's wife. So the bridegroom was explaining that he, he selected the pastor's wife. He, 
he, he chose the pastor's wife and then his friend took the other one, <laughs> you know. And then the next thing he said was, he said, the next thing I knew, I was saying the sinner's prayer. <laughs> so I said to him, that was the most appropriate prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So ordinary people can walk into their destiny on a very ordinary day. You know, they're just following someone and sometimes you'll be surprised to find out that God is the one who has caused your eyes to see the twinkle <laughs> in that person you are following because God is bringing you to a place so he can begin his work on your life. Amen. So don't take your membership of the church for granted. Amen. It, the, there must be more meaning to it than you have experienced. And there's yet more to come by the grace of God. Amen. Right. I just want to take a few minutes just to bring you a little exhortation from the book, The Art of Ministry, which is um, a great book we have been studying lately. Amen. Now, this book talks about how to work for God. Amen. Amen. Talks about how to work for God. But you will find that as you learn how to work for God, as you learn how to work for God, you end up being very successful at working for man. So it will be a mistake for you to put this book aside because you see words like full-time and so on in it that, you know, seem to sort of... You, yeah, you, you kind of feel that it's for some people. Do you see what I'm saying? The truth is that it requires a higher standard to work for God. Most things that you can do for God, you can do for any man. Hallelujah. God's standards are higher to attain than human standards. So anybody who does well at serving God should not have a problem at all serving a human being. Hallelujah. So you see, for example, that when you read the Bible, the Bible says that if a man claims to love God and hates his neighbor, he says he's a liar. <laughs> And then he proceeds to explain how come. Then he says, God, you have not seen. You, you see, God, you have not seen. How can you know that you love God? You see, when you cannot love your neighbor. Because it's supposed to be easier to love your neighbor. Do you understand? When you're loving someone you can't see, how do you even know he's happy with you? Isn't it? But when you please your neighbor... It's very obvious. You can see it when you, you are, your neighbor is happy with you. So the Bible says that don't lie to yourself. You cannot claim to love God when you're struggling with loving your neighbor. Hallelujah. Because it's supposed to be a lower love to love your neighbor. It's the same thing with serving the Lord. That when you serve God properly, you will find that pleasing your boss, pleasing 
um, any other person you have to serve or work for is not a difficult thing at all. Hallelujah. So don't make the mistake of putting the book aside or despising even some of the chapters in the book because they seem to address full time. You understand? And by the way, you see, full time, full time, full time, full time, full time is the only proper way to serve God. Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You see, full time does not describe a source of salary. Full time describes a disposition of the heart towards God and the things of God. Do you see what I'm saying? It does not, it does not describe where a person ends his livelihood. Otherwise, then all the contractors who build for our church, the people who earn incomes from the church, even including the school, because as we, we meet here, it's not free. We pay them a lot of money every month. So in a sense, the school has income from the church. So the school is full time. <laughs> Do you understand that? So full time, when you see full time, you're not talking about where a person earns their livelihood from. Do you understand? But you are talking about the way the person's heart is aligned and leaning towards God and the things of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so you see that by that definition, you can have a lot of people who are full-time, but who are not paid by Lighthouse Chapel. Are you seeing what I'm saying? You do not have to be paid by Lighthouse Chapel to be full-time. That is why I'm saying full-time, full-time, full time is the only proper way to serve the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Then the other, the opposite of that would be that you, you serve the Lord part time. You love the Lord part time. Yeah. Most of you who are married, can you imagine what it would be if your wife's tells you that from now on, I'll be your wife part-time. Huh? Would you like your wife to be your wife full-time? Is your wife your wife? Is she a full-time wife to you? Very full-time. <laughs> But does she have a job elsewhere? Yes, please. Do you see? So his wife works for someone, works somewhere else, but where he is concerned, she's full-time. You see? Yeah. You see? Yeah. He said she's very full-time. So those of you who have blocked and deceived yourself by giving yourself some definition of full-time that has excluded you, you do not realize that it's actually pushing you away from God. 
Do you understand? You are pushing yourself away from God. You are not serving God like you should. Because serving God must be full time. You must love God. You know, the Bible says somebody went to Jesus. Somebody went to Jesus and asked, the, the person asked Jesus, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus told him that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with what? All your soul and with heart, with all your mind and with all your strength. Now that is full time. Do you see? So do you see that even Jesus expects of us, he says the greatest commandment, the foremost commandment, what God requires of all of us, whoever we are, is that we will love him with all our hearts. Love him with all our mind. Love him with all our soul. And love him with all our strength. If that's not full-time, then I don't know what full-time is. Some of you claim to have full-time jobs, but you only go there eight hours a day. (laughs) How can you go to a place eight hours out of 24 hours and claim to be (laughs) full-time? Do you see? Yeah. So most of you don't have full-time jobs (laughs) you are not truly full-time but God defines full-time and he says I want it all all your heart all your soul all your mind all your strength that means everything in you is for me that is full-time hallelujah Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you not to despise the concept of full time and not to exclude yourself, but rather try to include yourself. Don't go away from God. God is gracious. It's better to be nearer God than to be far away from God. Can I have an amen? Amen. So I just want to share with you from chapter 1. No, chapter 3. Chapter 3 of this book. What, and the chapter is what it means to walk worthy of your calling. Amen. Amen. Now, understand why you must walk worthy. Why must we walk worthy of this calling? Why must we walk in a way that befits someone who has been called by God? Number one, you must walk worthy because it is a privilege to be chosen. Hallelujah. It is a privilege to be chosen. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, As we have received mercy, we faint not. Amen. Amen. It says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. That means 
The way you came to be in the ministry is because God showed you mercy. Hallelujah. It says the way you came to be in the ministry is that God showed you mercy. It's a privilege. Hallelujah. It is a privilege to be chosen. It is a privilege to be chosen to lead God's people. It is a privilege to be chosen to be the shepherd of God's people. It is a privilege to be chosen to be an example to God's people. Hallelujah. It's a privilege for your husband to be chosen to lead God's people. It is not a bother. Some people think it's a bother. Some people feel that if God shows interest in your spouse, then that's a problem. Some people even discourage their spouses from getting too close to God. Do you understand? From getting too close to God. I mean, you are trying to be a rival of God. Do you understand? Listen, the Bible says that God says, before you were born, I knew you. Do you understand? God knew that man before you met him. And God created him for his purpose. Then along the line, you meet him. And when you meet him, you say, now God cannot have him. You say, God cannot have him. Really? God cannot have him? He has created his man. He has put gifts in him. He has packaged him in a way that will suit his plan and purpose. And then you meet him halfway through his life. And you say, Lord, I'm taking over now. Hallelujah. It is a privilege. I said it's a privilege. That you and God are interested in the same person. It's, it's a privilege. That God likes the person you like. It's a privilege. You must release your spouse to the Lord. Because it's a privilege. You must release your children to the Lord. Because it's a privilege. That you will have a child. And God is interested in your child. Think about it. You have a child and God is interested in your child. It's your greatest privilege. It's your greatest honor. What I have found is that when God uses people to do something, he leaves a residue of what he used them to do on them. Do you see what I'm saying? See, when you take a spoon and you use it to fetch soup, after you transfer the soup from the spoon into the plate, you see that the spoon is stained with the soup. There's evidence on the spoon of what it's been doing. You go to the kitchen and you take one look at the spoon and you can see what it's been doing because there is a residue that remains on the spoon. 
So if you think that rather God is going to take away your husband from you or God is going to take your wife away from you, rather God will make him better. Yeah. When God takes your husband and uses your husband to help other people become better husbands, your husband comes home much, much better. Much, much better. Much, much better. That is the truth. Yeah. Many pastors know that as their wives are released to go and preach and teach other women, when they come home, it's a little different. Yes. It's a little different. It's a big mistake to camp your wife in the house only to make soup for you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because there are some brothers who must eat fresh food every day. Yeah. They must eat fresh food every day. Yes. So, so, even when their wives have to go to church, even when their wives have to go and serve the Lord, when their wives have to go on evangelism, their wives have to go and counsel other people, they hold them back. Yes, and you don't understand why you are... <laughs> No, because recently, someone sent me a picture. And the person, in the picture, the person was holding a ring. And he said, a wedding ring or a wedding band is the smallest handcuff that was ever made. Smallest handcuff. You get it. Then, then he said, then he said, he said, <laughs> When you are arrested by it, <laughs> you need to choose your cellmate wisely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't understand why your cellmate is such a source of torment. Yes. You don't understand why. See, a lot of people, a lot of people, their lives have changed a lot since they married. Yeah. Especially ladies. There, there, there are many ladies, there are many ladies who don't even recognize who they are anymore. Yeah. They know that they have changed so much. It's like marriage has changed you so much. You know, you were expecting to go north in marriage and you went so far south that you are lost i mean where you are is not on your gps <laughs> yes. you, you 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 cannot you were not expecting to be there at all yeah you were not expecting to be there at all yeah but i'm showing you one of the ways to have more meaning in your relationship with this so-called cellmate is to push that cellmate towards God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Push them towards God. Push them towards God.
you have a husband who doesn't want to go to church, do whatever you have to do to make him go to church. Yeah. Whatever you have to do. Yeah. Anything you have to do, God will never, God will never take your husband away from you. God doesn't need a husband. You're the one who needs a husband. God is not looking for a wife at all. You are the one who's looking for a wife. But God gives you the honor of choosing and using the person that you have also chosen. And instead of holding the person back, instead of putting stumbling blocks in his way, there was one pastor who told me, he said he went on visitation and he came back at night. He got home, he said, after midnight. And then he knocked on the door. As he knocked on the door, the wife came to the door. Instead of opening the door, she opened the window on the side of the door. You see? She opened the window on the side of the door and she said, you know something? Wherever you are coming from, go and sleep there. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever you are coming from, go and sleep there. That's somebody who is married to a pastor who is coming from visitation. Yeah. You don't understand that even for your husband to come home is a blessing. Yeah. That, that he came home. Yeah. But you see, when people have it that good, then they start to debate the time. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Those whose husbands don't come home at all, they don't question the time when they come. <laughs> yeah. Because the testimony is that he came. Do you understand? The testimony is that he came. Whether it's one, two, three, four, five a.m., even in the morning, the testimony is that he came. And they even want to share testimony in church. That by the grace of God, he came. Okay. Yeah. It is those who are used to him coming... Who moved the standards further and say what time he came? Yeah. You have a husband who has gone out, a husband who has a heart large enough to accommodate other people. Do you understand? Do you not understand that the larger the heart of your husband is, the first room for accommodation is you. Do you understand? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. It's like I have a minivan and there's no space for you. Can you imagine that? That I, I drive a minivan, but there's no space for my wife. It's not likely. You get it? And some of you know that the way you are, you need a minivan hat type of husband. You get it? If you have a... A husband who has this type of two-seater type of hat. You see that his, his threshold for handling nonsense is very small. Yeah. Yeah. 
He'll just tell you, I don't take madness. <laughs> yes. That is, that is if you even get to be told. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Some of you brothers who put stumbling blocks in the way of your wives. Your wife loves God. And she wants to go to church to serve God. And you make it so difficult for her. You just make it so difficult. She feels guilty every time she goes to church and comes back. It's like she has gone to see her boyfriend and she's coming back. Why should it be that as your wife is coming home from church, she's putting the story together, how she's going to explain what to tell you? Can you imagine that? That's somebody God created before you met the person. See, sometimes we husbands have a bloated impression about our importance. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we, we're just bloated. We, 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 we feel we are too important. Yeah. How can it be you have a wife who leads the choir? She's not allowed to lead the choir. She was singing. That's even how you found her. She was in the choir. Yeah, standing right there, right there. And then you ask the next brother, or you ask brother Nana, do you know that girl, that one? Yeah. Not knowing that the plan was to pull her out of the choir permanently. Yeah. And lock her up at home so that she can't serve. Yeah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Don't put stumbling blocks in the way of your spouse. If you, it's a privilege to have someone whose heart leans towards God. A wife who wants to, who wants to read the Bible. Do you understand? A wife who wants to read the Bible. What bad thing will God say to your wife? A wife who likes to talk to God. Some of you would rather let your wife talk to her friends. <laughs> That's why you have the problems you have. Do you understand? Some of us like our wives. We're okay if our wives talk to the devil. When Adam's wife spoke to the devil, his marriage and his whole life Changed forever. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Marriage is not possible. It's not possible without spouses who are heavily involved in the work of God and in the house of God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 22. The Bible says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Can you not see that 
if you don't allow your wife to pursue her relationship with God and get her submission unto the Lord right, she's confused about how to submit to you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because he says that a wife is supposed to submit herself unto her own husband as unto the Lord. She needs to have a carbon copy. She needs to compare it with something. She needs to be comparing it. You know, I submit myself to my husband the way I submit myself to God. Now, this husband has eliminated God in her life. Do you understand? Yeah. So, he's still expecting submission. You're expecting her to give you directions to a place she does not know. Do you understand? And then you come back complaining. You don't understand it. She needs the Lord to know how to relate with you. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. How, 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 can someone, how can someone have a copy of something when they don't have the original? Yes. But you have stolen the original from them and you are still expecting them to produce a copy. Yes. So they are fumbling and they are guessing. Yeah. You're going to get what their grandmother told them. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get what their culture teaches them. Yes. They are going to, they are going to submit to you the way their culture teaches them to do it. Yeah. And I tell you, some of the cultures, they are brutal. <laughs> yeah. They are brutal. Recently, somebody was telling me, he said he overheard his wife on the phone talking to somebody and showing her how to kill a, a man. <laughs> You say you will not allow your wife to talk to God. So now she's talking to somebody else. Yeah, she was on the phone. He said he overheard his wife. He said he has heard it twice. Yes. Yes. Very scary. So, so, so he said, he said to me, he said, I've decided, I have decided that I will not eat anything. You see, now you're about to be hungry also. You see. She said, I've decided that I will not eat anything she cooks unless she is eating with me from the same plate. <laughs> yeah. So, if you go to their home and you see them eating from the same plate, it's not love. <laughs> it's security. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 You say you will not allow your wife to talk to God. Yeah. Now she has gone to learn how to kill a man. Where's the verse? Put it back. Put it back. Look at it. Where is it? Yeah. Wives, 
submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. If you don't allow her to have a depth of relationship with Lord, with the Lord, you are committing suicide. Yes. Yeah, you are sentencing yourself to a lifetime of hard labor. It's going to be a long road for you. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for you. Because what you are expecting of her, you know, it, it, she doesn't know how to do it. She doesn't know how to. And you know, you know wife, wife is not something that creeps on you because you're a woman. That's why they don't start out called wives. See, it's like, it's like when you give birth to a child, you can't call her driver. Because driving is not something that naturally creeps on you just because you're a man or a woman or because you're an adult. You have to submit yourself to a certain specific training and learning. And then that adds to you the title driver. Do you understand? Yeah. So when you have someone who's just growing up and she's just a girl, if you marry a girl who has not been trained to be a wife, it's like meeting an adult who can drive. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. And the training in becoming a wife starts from here. That's the verse. It says that she ought to do it as unto the Lord. So if you read on, go on, you read on verse 23, look at it. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Do you get it? And is the savior of the body. Verse 24. Then so, therefore, as the church is subject to Christ. So if you have a wife who doesn't go to church. Do you understand? If, if you are enemies with her church going, you get because she's bringing something from the church to the house. As the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. You know, she, she needs to be in the church to understand how the church relates with Christ so she can transfer that to you. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm explaining to you that it's your privilege that somebody that you choose to love and you choose as your cellmate. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes. Made possible by the small handcuff. That that person has a relationship with the Lord. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Where's the other one? Where's the other? Verse 25. What does it say? Verse 20. Husbands. Look at this one. Husbands, love your wife even as Christ loved the church. You see, so these husbands who don't go to church, they are always a problem. Yeah. Yeah. A husband who doesn't go to church is a problem. It's a problem because he's going to have the same problem. He's supposed to love you as what? Christ loved the church and what? Gave himself for it. You see, you don't understand why your husband is so stingy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Christ, Christ, Christ gave himself for it. This, your husband is not even giving you money. It's not even him. He's giving you something out of his pocket. Even that is a problem. You're not about to get him. <laughs> You're not going to get him because he doesn't know how to do it. The one that teaches him how to do it is the one you keep nagging. Every time he goes to church and he comes back, it's an issue. You are accusing him. You say he loves all the girls in the church. Yes? All the girls in the church are his girlfriends. You know, every woman who comes close to him is his girlfriend in the church. Yeah? So even when you, when you come to church, one even wonders whether you are coming for fellowship or you are on spy duty. <laughs> spy duty. Yeah. That's what you are doing. You are ruining his relationship with God. And guess who is going to suffer? It's you. Yeah. You are going to have a husband... Who has it all blurred in his mind? You know? And you won't understand it. You have a husband who doesn't know how to love you as Christ loved the church. Yeah. And in your frustration, you're going to try to mama him and be his mother. And that makes it even worse. Did you read that scripture? Therefore shall a man leave his mother and father. You try to be your husband's mother, he's going to leave you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what will happen. Husbands, husbands don't, husbands don't, they don't like to leave their father and mother only to find a new mother. No. Then I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep the original one I had. Yeah. I'll keep my original mama. Because usually your husband's mama, she's older, she's cooler. You are too young and feisty. Yes. Yeah. You have too much energy. For mothering a grown-up. Yeah. It's too much. What a word! Yeah. yeah. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. So allow, allow, allow the man. Allow the man. Yeah. You see, he will cleave unto his wife. That's the only person he will cleave to. Yeah. As for the mother, he will leave her. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's good at it. Because he has done it once before. <laughs> yeah. He cleaves unto the wife. And they shall be one flesh. Yeah. You like one flesh? You need to set yourself up as a wife. And if you want him to be your husband and to love you, a husband must love 
the Bible says he needs to know Christ. Yeah, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the more he works for God, the more God imparts into him. Do you understand? The Bible says, can two walk together unless they agree? So when your husband is a servant of God and walking with God and serving him and preaching for him and leading people to Christ for him, agreeing Christ, he's just being shaped up and shaped up and shaped up and shaped up. Yeah. He's just being shaped up. Yeah. You should rather get up and say, you know something, you are late. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Go. I'll sort the kids out. Yeah. I'll make food. Yeah. Come, come. Let me bless you quickly. And you go. This is this is for the road. If you especially if you think if you think you have a problem with the girls in the church. Oh yeah. come on. Just milk him before he goes. That's it. Wow. He's drained. Then he, then he can focus on God. Yes. Grinding, grinding, anointing. Hallelujah. So I, I want you to know. I want you to know that it's your greatest unbeatable privilege that God will choose your spouse. That God will choose your child, that God will choose your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister. Ah! In our church, we have a word onaporific. Yes, it's your your onaporific privilege that God will place His hand on your spouse. Yes. Yeah. When your husband goes on visitation and comes, don't lock the door. Rather, let him in. Yeah. And give God thanks that he would even use him. When your wife goes for cell meetings and comes back, you know, and don't make this food thing such a big issue. I mean, how were you eating before you met her? Amen. Tell somebody it's your privilege that God would choose your spouse. Say amen. Stand to your feet and let's bring the service to a close. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads, everybody?
Let's pray. I want you to pray today and thank God again. You know, I want you to pray today that God choose and use your spouse if you're married. If you're single, I want you to pray that God will give you someone that he has chosen, someone he's using, someone who has a good relationship with him. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're bringing the service to a close right now. I want you to say this prayer. It's a very important prayer. And I know that it's going to help you because God will hear that prayer. And God will answer that prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in the name of Jesus. Thank you. We pray for godly spouses. Godly siblings, godly children, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. As we close the service this afternoon, maybe someone invited you to church today, or you've been coming to church here, or some other branch but you know in your heart that you are not born again. That Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You know in your heart that you are not saved. That your sins are not forgiven. That if you were to die today, you're not sure if you go to heaven or go to hell. But I want to give you that opportunity today. I know you came to church, you came to be a witness, maybe you came with a relative, but you know in your heart that you don't have a relationship with God. See, there are very few things that will work out in your life without a relationship with God. And I want to recommend God to you this afternoon. Our sins are the thing that stands between us in a relationship with God that is why Jesus died that he may wash away our sins and pave the way that we can have a relationship with God I want you to reach out to God this afternoon maybe you're also here you have given your life to Christ before but you're not serious somehow it's so difficult for you to be serious with the Lord today God wants to cure that so I want to give you also that opportunity. If you're in any one of those two groups, while every eye is closed, I want you to raise up your right hand and I'll pray for you. Just raise up your right hand. I want to see it and pray for you. Is there anybody here like that today? You're saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord over my life. Jesus, I want you to be Lord over my life. I want to be serious with my relationship with you. Is there anybody here like that? Raise up your right hand and I'll pray for you. Is there anyone here like that? Lift it high up so I can see it. Is there anyone? I see a hand. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Just, I see another hand over there. You know, just so I can see you, why don't you do me a favor? While every eye is still closed, do me a favor. Leave your seat and walk up to me. Just come to me very quickly, please. Just, just come. Please. 
just if you're serious about it if you're serious about it just leave your seat and just come i want to pray with you just come come is anyone coming just is anyone coming yes i just want to pray with you right here just come to me right here god bless you God bless you. I want to pray with you. Is there anybody else who is coming? Yes, there is God bless you, sir. God bless you. I want us to pray together. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, Father, I want you to pray this prayer after me, everybody. I want you to lead the, those of you in front. I want to lead you in a prayer. And I want everyone else to join us as we say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe with my heart. I believe with my heart. That you are Lord. That you are Lord. And I confess with my mouth. And I confess with my mouth. That God raised you from the dead. God you from Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I cannot make it without you. I cannot make it without you. I need your blood to wash me. I need your blood to wash me. Say, let your blood wash me. Let your blood wash me. Let your blood cleanse me. Let your blood cleanse me. And make me a child of God. And make me a child of God. I want to be a true Christian. I want to be a true Christian. I want to serve God from today. I want to serve God from today. I want to be a true child of God. I want to be a true child of God. So come into my heart. So come into my heart. Say, devil. Devil. You are not my master anymore. You are not my master anymore. I refuse to serve you. I refuse to serve you. You shall not lead me. You shall not lead me. This life does not belong to you. This life does not belong to you. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Is my Lord. Jesus, Jesus is my savior. Is my savior. Jesus, Jesus is my master. Is my master. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. For hearing my prayer. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you, Father. Thank you for these ones who have stepped up boldly to say, "I choose Jesus. I want a relationship with God." The Bible says, he that comes to you, you will in no wise cast out. I pray that you will bless them with the gift of salvation. Bless them with closeness and intimacy with you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Amen. God bless you, brother. God bless you. You know, there's this gentleman here. Are you taking them? Who's which pastor are they meeting? Right? Okay. No, no. Just go with them right here. This gentleman right here. Just meet with them, with him, and come back to your seat right now. Why don't you clap for them, everybody, as they go back to their seats? Amen. Well, we're blessed. Amen. You may be seated. Let's receive our second offering, right? Let's receive our second offering quickly, and then we'll close. We have another ceremony right after this. So we want to receive our second offering. At the end of the service, we want you to come outside here. Actually, come up here first. We'll take a photograph. And then after that, we'll take another one.
It's, this is the front of the church. Okay, right here. Okay. So one here and one here, quickly. Okay? Right. Let's take out our offering. Take out a good offering for Jesus Christ or grab your phones or however you intend to give your second offering today. Take it out and let's give that offering right now. Amen. Father of life, draw me closer. Okay, lift up your offering. Let's pray. Lift it up. Let's pray. Lift up your offering, your phone, whatever you have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blessing today in the name of Jesus. We pray that you will bless our giving this afternoon. We pray for those in financial difficulty that you will lift them up miraculously out of it in the name of Jesus. Thank you. You are our provider. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's receive the offering. What's the song? Flight. Draw me closer. message or other such messages, please write to us at tapesandpublications at yahoo.com.